0: Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday meeting podcast. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroup at OALAIG.org for information on how to join our meeting live and how to donate to support this meeting and our podcasts. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not represent OA as a whole. And now our speaker. I'm Lillian, compulsive overeater. I came into the program well over 50 years ago. Fifth half a century. I can't believe it. I had moved out here from New York. And for those of you who heard my story a million times, hopefully you forgot it, like we mostly do. So it'll all sound new. Because sometimes you look and say, aren't there other areas in my life that would be really relevant and helpful maybe for this? And I think there aren't. I think I've edited it enough times by now, you know. Um I started out chubby. I mean, I've never been thin, like a thin person, so I don't know what that would be like. But um, And anyway, my greatest talent as a baby was eating because my mother and I, we, I grew up in the Bronx and we would sit with the other mothers and children and my mother would tell me proudly, all these kids are so picky eaters and they won't eat anything. Look at Lily, she'll eat anything. <laughs> of course, I thought that was the greatest thing you could do was clean your plate. Um, and it took a long time. Many years later, I came to realize, by well, the time I was old enough to blame my mother, I was old enough to get over it and deal with it, you know? They didn't know, they didn't mean to stuff me, they just, that's what they did in those days in the Yenta territory of the Bronx. Um, anyway, I survived. I got out during those growing up years. I went on every diet, Cosmo and magazine, and I found they all work. They all work great. They didn't work for me because they didn't deal with compulsion. It wasn't what they were about. You know, thin people put on a few pounds, they take them off and done. Um, I didn't. And so uh, when I was 10, it's when I first had an issue at school, I went to the school and I had back pains. She gave my mother a diet, a very healthy diet, proteins, you know, and my mother would say, "Oh, oh, it's wonderful. But if it comes from love, it doesn't count. It was like her feeling about being kosher. If you eat it out it's okay and you don't bring it in the house shrimp and pork it's a chinese restaurant it doesn't count she had the same feeling about food if you love it it's it's okay if it comes from your mother what could be bad okay um anyway so when i got out from there and i was living in the city and i realized i could eat whatever i wanted there was no one to tell me what to eat um and so uh, that's what i did and I'd always, i always overeaten not bad, just always regularly ate too much And I got into a program at Columbia University for weight issues like bariatrics, whatever it was, they sent you twice a week to a psychiatrist, private psychiatrist. It was wonderful. We had great sessions. I learned a lot. My weight didn't change an ounce. I don't know. And about 40 years later, I was coming back through New York and when I had done the Peace Corps and they gave us vouchers for a psychiatric visit, psychological visit to adjust. And I called him. Oh my God, it was the same. He was in the same office. And and so I went to have a session with him, which was wonderful. And he said, you know, usually patients come back, either they're getting let out of jail or they need me to sign a document for them, um, but they don't come back like happy. And I said, well, I was just thrilled to the chance to see you. And I told him about the weight issues and everything. And we just had a wonderful reunion. Uh, By that time, thank God I didn't need him for the weight because um, I abstained from when I got to OA and I will apologize now if I digress because I, I do that, but I will try. Um, I came to LA, I moved here, I loved it. I felt like this is heaven. There were no subways and snow and cold and disgusting slush, all of those things. And they matter, they, do, they may sound trivial and silly, I don't care, they matter. So I came here and at a party or something, I met somebody talking in the kitchen about, oh, this looks so good, I can't eat it, Your have food. Anyway, they 12 set me to OA and I came to a Sunday afternoon meeting, it was wonderful because there were so many people, all shapes and sizes. And I was used to being like sort of the chubby, I was never massively overweight. I was usually 50, 60 pounds. I think 225 was about my top. Um, but it was always an issue for me and I was always dealing with it. And I saw other people who were also, you know, it wasn't just me. It's so a wonderful time, sort of a social club. And I think the probably 20 somethings now may do the same thing. And, and it's great because it keeps you involved. And you have people to call that have food issues that understand what you're going through. I had a roommate at that time who was about 98 pounds, 4'11", skinny as could be. And I start noticing in the, this ice cream in the freezer and this cake in the refrigerator. And I'm thinking, were they always there? But I ate them fast, so I didn't notice them. Or I didn't think about them. I don't think it was pure sabotage. I think it was just my awareness changed. And so when our lease was up, I decided I didn't want this. The roommate, her dog's name was uptight. I mean, just to give you an idea, I thought maybe there were worse things than being heavy. I I don't know. But at any rate, that was the end. I said, no, I got to get my own place. This is not healthy for me. Um, and I did. And I lost some weight. And I was very, it 30 or 40 pounds. I took pictures. I was so excited. And um, then I had to go out of town for like six months on a work thing and gained everything back, 50 pounds. By the way, for the newcomer, if there are some, the stories you hear are our own personal experience, strength, and hope. Don't represent OA. There's 20 people, there's 20 different stories. You know, Many people come in day one and they're there and they're ready and don't waver, which is fabulous. It took me a few more years. I came in, I went out, I dabbled. And this is not a program you can dabble with. It isn't a Weight Watchers or one of those where you do it all week and on the weekend, go to hell with yourself. It's that one day at a time, that one day at a time consistency that keeps us going. And I swear to God, it makes it so much easier every day It's a little bit easier. And and I remember being new. I mean, anyone would be uncomfortable being new. It's, it's like a cult, but it isn't because you're hearing words you maybe didn't hear before and strange things that don't make sense. Or you hear new things that you relate to because you've thought about them forever and thought it was only you that you're alone. And now you see all these other people dealing with the same issue that in itself is a relief. So I took all those years and I traveled and I got married, did stuff my children, fabulous. And then on July 3rd of 92, I came back in for real. And so now it's been 29 and a half years of abstaining from compulsive eating. Thank you, God. And, and it works if you work it, you know? And the first thing I did when I came back was I went to a meeting and the toughest person and the toughest lady in the room, I said, would you be my sponsor? She said, yes, I was sure she'd be saying no, she'd have too many people but she did. And I started doing the calling it every day with my food. And sometimes when you're an adult, it feels a little silly. It's not, that's all I can say. It's not because when I started back here and I, for real wanting to use the spiritual side and the food side and everything, you know, not just eating the way they tell you to and go show up at a meeting or two really working it. Uh, then it works. So the first, very first night I went to the Hollywood Bowl with some people and you know how you so here's, eat this, you taste that, I'll have that. I had my chicken breast, my carrot and celery sticks and I thought, okay, I'll just make it through this. Talk about one day at a time, one meal at a time. I can make it through anything. And so, and I did God again, called my food in religiously argued, well, why can't I have that? Why can't I this? You know, it's maybe a rite of passage. We tend to not be so compliant and we argue, but you shut up and listen, ultimately, because if you want what somebody has, you can only get it by doing what they did to get it. it. It makes total sense. you know. So the weight came off. I was really thrilled. And my life was changing. I was going through a divorce. My kids were out of town at summer camp or something. It's like there were all these excuses I built up over the years. Oh, I can't go to a meeting tonight. Or you the guilt that you have um i think it's not so much now because more people are working mothers then um i'd be guilty if i was at work oh i should be home with the kids from home. oh god i have work i should not done it was like a lose-lose it was like i was guilty i thought i can't add one more thing to the guilt oh i'm at a meeting i shouldn't be at a meeting <sighs> before i came back to oa by the way i did pregnant women urine shots with jenny craig i did all of the optifast where you just had powdered stuff just for an example i did i think three months i think No food, powdered stuff. First day back, I'm with friends who had also successfully done it. I said, oh, a whole chicken breast broth, I can't possibly eat all of that. Little bites, little bites. It took maybe a few weeks, a month or so, I was right back. So it didn't all come back, but most of it did. I just had to keep proving to myself that nothing else works. You know, I couldn't just accept, they don't work, OA does work, do it. Which seems like the same thing. Um, but it required honesty. It required going back into your past and writing an inventory of things that maybe for years you've been blaming other people for. And you say, oh, and the sponsor will say, well, what was your part in that? And you say, well, I, I, I was totally the victim. And then you ask another question and you go, oh, and then you kind of see how maybe it had something to do with it. And the beauty of it is once you see that, And you understand it and you can look back every time it gets easier through other people, other relationships in your life and say, you get it faster. And I think the steps of the program are written so brilliantly that it doesn't say, read all these steps, read the book and do everything now. Because it knows we're compulsive. This step and then that step. I mean, it's written in a gradual way that you can digest it as you go and feel it and not try to zoom through everything. Those of us that are fast eaters, which of course I am. Not so much anymore. I'm not great, but I'm better, better. I can manage to take a breath, largely because of my daughter. We used to do this with my mother, who was such a fast eater. We'd think she was going to choke to death. My daughter would say, grandma, put the fork down. And she listened to her. It's maybe skipping the generation. I don't know. Excuse me, I have 10 minutes left. Thank you. So I tried to do the same thing to myself, put the fork down, then I put it down, take a beat, breathe a minute, pick it up again. I mean, I I was an only child, so there were never other kids stealing food from my plate. And at one point I thought it was because of work, and sometimes I'd be in busy situations and very tense. You have to hurry up and go, no, I think it was genetically partly from my mom who, you know, parents, they lived through the depression, they've lived through all these bad times. She was the baby of eight children. A lot of things I never considered for a minute while well, they were still with me, you know. Um, But I see why they got it. And they passed it on without meaning to. Um, Also, my mother, a Jewish mother, who was a terrible cook, which is sort of an oxymoron, but she was, which I'm really grateful for now. God knows if she'd been a good cook, but I would have eaten. Um. Any, so the first time I had steak the way it should be, I was maybe in my 20s. And I said, Oh, it's all red inside. And it's so soft. Because my mother's, you could bounce it. You know. Well done. Everything's well done. I said, yeah, taste it. You know? Said, oh, this is tasty. You know? <laughs> there were a lot of things I got to learn as, as a grown-up, you know, that you don't learn always as a kid. Um, okay, I digressed. At any rate, coming back to the program and really working the steps and doing the inventory, which, you know, sometimes people, again, can do it days, weeks in the program. I know it took me many months at least. And I work with my sponsor. And, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, I've done these horrible things. I mean, I'm the worst person ever. Bullshit. It's whatever you did, someone did something worse, you know? And maybe you sponsor maybe other people. The point is to not judge it, just to share it, because you can't you know, if you keep reacting to the same stimuli, you're going to keep doing the same thing. As we know, in definition of insanity, keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same result. And so the only way to cleanse ourselves to be able to not react to that is to get rid of it, to deal with it, bring it out in the open, make the amends where you can. I was able to in most of those cases. I made amends to my kids many times and they say, all oh, right, enough already, we got it. Um, and God bless them. Neither of them have inherited the compulsion I mean, they're not only thin, but they enjoy vegetables. I mean, they like that. And they'll have three bites of cake and I'll say, oh, was that bad? No, it was delicious. I said, so, well, that's enough. I <laughs> oh my God, this is my child. Um, so, and I'm very grateful for that, you know? Uh, and when one of them stays, they, they neither of them live in LA, but when they're here visiting for a while, staying with me, the best influence. Vegetables, home, during COVID, I have to say the year or so I lost 18 pounds, I was home eating a lot more and not dining out so much and cooking more fruits and vegetables because I was having to be more conscious of what I was eating. I wasn't rushing quickly, hurry up, gotta get somewhere. So I'm sorry, it just was helpful for me. Um, at any rate, so I'm back in the program and I'm working it one day at a time and and the weight is coming off and I'm exercising and I'm feeling good. That didn't go away. I had ups and downs, but I was abstaining from compulsive eating. My abstinence was basically three meals a day. Some days I'd have a snack or two. I didn't do sugars or breads. And I basically Passover is really, easy. I ate unleavened bread. I would have matzah sometimes or a tortilla or pita. And what I learned from other people is that yeast becomes sugar and that's what's in the leavened bread. So I just eliminate all that. And you know, some people after many years are able to eat everything in moderation. I, I don't have that yet. I, I don't say never, you know, one day at a time. I'm not willing to test it at this point because it's not necessary, you know? Um, and I could talk to my sponsor. One time I found a sugar-free ice cream. I'd only found one, I'd never seen. I called my sponsor, we made a plan. It's a, this much, I can have a third each day for three days. And I, and I said, you know, this is a pain in the ass. I mean, it's not a flavor I like, it's not worth all this effort. If I'm gonna have all those foods I don't eat, I don't want them in moderation. And once you accept that, once I know that one bite won't do it and a thousand isn't enough, there is no enough. For those foods that I can't handle, there is no such thing as enough. So if I don't start, it's okay, I'm okay. It's just that first bite I have to think about and nothing else. And I do. And so now my food's gotten broader. I mean, it's, you know, fruits, vegetables, proteins, all of that. I try not to have red meat more than a couple of times a week. um, But I have it. pasta, rice and potatoes are the things I really totally cut out when, when I lost this weight, which didn't shock me. It's amazing when you do the work, the results follow. What a revelation, you know? Um, At any rate. So that's what I've been doing for low these many years. And working the program, sponsoring and taking service positions, especially if you're new, it's just the best way to become involved in OA. because some of us beginning our self-esteem is maybe not so high and we don't feel like we owe ourselves, but we'll owe other people. If we make a commitment to someone else, I'll be there at eight o'clock or whatever it is, we're going to show up. Because Excuse we- me, I have five minutes left. Thank you. Um, at any rate, we find sometimes that commitments to other people mean more to us than commitments to ourselves, not so healthy. And that does change because I remember when I was coming in and I was heavy and I was 225 is my top. I'm down like 75 or so now and have been for quite a while with a range of five pounds, whatever I weighed monthly. Usually right now, I've been doing it weekly. i had six weeks ago. I had the second knee surgery. So I have two bionic knees now, totally bionic. So it's six weeks and I'm feeling better. But um, during that time, I decided to weigh weekly because the eating was different. Turns out it was much less than my norm. So I found something, maybe a mixture of drugs, just sort of didn't kill the appetite, lessened. It made it easier to eat less because it, it was fine, you know. And I just got a lot of new foods, the vegetables and all that I've gotten to like more, you know, for now, they're my favorite because they have to be. Because the other things I don't have, I just don't have. And I can live very comfortably and well without them. The only desserts I have are like fruit, sometimes dried fruits, sometimes sugar-free applesauce. I've discovered there are enough foods and enough varieties of foods to live without the things that cause me trouble and grief. It's just not worth it, you know? Um, But the greatest thing was learning that there there was not enough. And coming into the program, I know some days I'm curious, I'm not that curious, doesn't matter. Um, and I've been to events and I'd like gourmet chefs and all the rest of it. And you say, I'm sorry, I can't have the dessert. Do you have some plain fruit? Oh, okay. And then four of the people at the table would say, well, how did you get that? Well, I want fresh fruit. I think, well, it's up to you. <laughs> Don't get the chef mad at me because you will want fruit. Um, so there are a lot of things that you learn. And, and like, I've been to buffets, you learn how to deal with things. And, and I, and I have some friends that we would go sometimes together. And my rule is, you find your, ta- your seat and your food and your drink. You sit down, eat and drink, and then you can relax and party. The food is done. But sometimes like I'm done, you know, and my room was also like an appetizer, an entree, a dessert, if there's something I can have. If not, not. Um, and I'd be on my way back to the table and i run into someone and blah, 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 blah. And by then i go back, the table's finished. They're clearing away. God works in really strange ways. And so many things have happened to in my life not strictly food related, but situations where maybe I'd be really angry and I was gonna yell at someone. And I heard myself speaking like, who is that talking? Oh, I so understand what you're going through. Yes, please, can I help, whatever. And I say, thank you, God, because like I would have accomplished nothing by being obnoxious and yelling. And it isn't a matter of like people pleasing. It's not a matter of, well, you have to stand up for yourself because you can't let people walk all over you, which is true but sometimes it's not walking all over you. And sometimes you can take a beat what we learn in the program, if we didn't already know it, look at the other person's side, look where they're coming from and just think a minute. Maybe there's like a solution, a compromise, something where you can be civilized. Excuse me, two minutes left. Fabulous, I assumed I would have tons of stuff to say that I didn't get to, but I think I pretty much covered it all. And um, I hope some of it was helpful for some of you. And, um, you know, we always think sometimes at meetings, when you have three minutes, I think, well, I have nothing worthwhile to say. Bullshit. You have the three minutes. Don't let those minutes aspire into the air and go to waste because we don't know something we might say would help someone else. And we never know. Suddenly you run it to someone months later and they'll say, when you said blah, blah, oh, that helped me so much. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's getting something off your chest and having a chance to do a three minute monologue uninterrupted and share your feelings and your experience, strength and hope, it's a great thing. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Carla, for asking me.